Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Rothschild. Jeff is a registered dietitian and is currently finishing up his doctoral work in New Zealand, where his research focuses on pre-exercise nutrition and training adaptations. Jeff has worked with elite athletes for years, including Grand Slam tennis champions and members of national and Olympic teams, as well as internationally competitive and recreational masters athletes across a range of sports, cycling, triathlon, swimming, running, you name it. He most recently led the nutrition efforts for Team Shut Up and Row, a group of four veterans that rode 3,000 nautical miles across the Atlantic Ocean. These guys were actually on our podcast about 18 months ago to discuss why they were doing this. And they recently completed the row and had the fastest time ever for an all-American team. AIM-7 ran high performance for them, and Jeff was an invaluable part of this effort. Today, Jeff and I talk about the potential metabolic health benefits from fasted training. Now, there are a lot of myths around this subject, and Jeff's research is focused on this and other related topics, so in my mind, he was the perfect person to have on the show to discuss this. I also highly recommend that you give Jeff a follow on Twitter and check out his website, www.eatsleep.fit. But before we get started, we've got to talk about AIM-7. It's the easiest way to turn your data into life-changing recommendations for your mind, body, and recovery, helping you look, feel, and perform better. So sign up at AIM7.com and you'll get access to our beta app, four Zoom calls with me to discuss habit building, adaptive capacity, and so much more. Sign up now and make sure that you note during the sign-up process that you are a Blueprint Podcast listener and we will prioritize your registration. Each cohort has a limited number of spots so we can make this the best experience possible. The next cohort begins soon, so grab your spot now. All right, now for my conversation with Jeff. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Jeff, I've been looking forward to this one ever since your the Twitter thread that got started on... Um, fasted training but this is an area where you have a considerable amount of expertise are there metabolic health benefits to training in a fasted state yeah well it's, it's a funny one that, that's a, a broad a broad question i, I think that the twitter th- thread just just to for people that haven't heard or, or didn't didn't follow that i, I my, my feeling was that we, we can't say yes you should definitely do fasted training and, and there was someone that kind of just insinuated that if you're not doing fasted training you're you're missing some benefit to training is that a fair would you say that's a fair statement yeah yeah, yeah. and and my feeling was like no we, we can't say that i mean th- there might be some benefit there might not be um if you want to do it my, my feeling in general is if you want to do it go for it in most contexts, it'd be fine. It might be beneficial. And we could talk about just some of the specifics of who, yeah. uh, who I think might benefit and who might not. But broadly speaking, we definitely can't say everyone should do it. We definitely shouldn't say everyone shouldn't do it. And it's, it's context dependent, like like most things. But but I think that still needs to be said. So I think who in, might benefit um, from it? Yeah, I think so. So people that we, we wouldn't consider um, high volume tra- athletes training at a high volume. So if, if you're just exercising, you know, let's call it six, seven hours a week or less. So, you know, roughly an hour a day, there could be some benefit there. And, and one, one of the reasons I, I delineate at that point is because as you're training, let's say 15 or 20 hours a week, you're really uh, burning a lot of calories. And by, by fasted training, you're, you're digging a, a pretty big calorie hole in each of these training sessions. And then you're, you kind of can be playing catch up the rest of the day. And while it's not impossible for high training athletes to do some fasted training, it's just more likely 
to, to be related to these large, whether it's within day energy deficits uh, and just you know low energy availability. If you're training 10, 15 hours a week and you're training fasted, it's going to be really hard to climb out of that calorie hole and then your recovery may be compromised along with a whole host of other things. That's right. Yeah. And it's not to say it's impossible and people can't, don't or can't do it. But you'll see a lot of times um, high level triathletes or, or cyclists that, that want to essentially get some of that benefit might train with a, a protein shake only before training or protein before and or during, because that's going to offer much, much of the same benefit during a fasted training session. And what would that be? Well, you will rely more on fat during a given training session if you are fasted than if you've just had, let's call it a stack of pancakes or a bowl of oatmeal. So if you've had then um, something like a scoop of protein powder, as your breakfast or just call it some eggs, you'll still be burning basically as much fat as if you're in the fasted state, but you'll of course have some calories to take in um, and some, some protein. So the, the benefit, as most people see it in terms of burning more fat during a training session, you'll still have that while reducing some of the potential downsides. Okay, so the benefit of waking up in the morning and going to the gym with nothing on your stomach is that you're oxidizing more fat, you're burning more fat. W one benefit, yeah. Okay, what are the other benefits? Yeah, so for someone now just... Like say going to the gym, training, you know, exercising, you know, 45 minutes to an hour a day, you have that fat burning. There's also some, some reason to think, and, and particularly with people that are either on a hypercaloric diet, so kind of eating more than their, their needs, or a high fat diet, or people are overweight, there might be some improved insulin sensitivity that comes over time with fasted training compared with training after, let's call it a, a high carbohydrate breakfast. So why do you think that happens? Mm, it's probably related to, to like so burning more fat. So when we exercise in the fasted state, especially on the early part, it's not like coming from our waist and we're, just, we're not just burning that fat. What happens is we start it. primarily, yeah, primarily with the what's called intramuscular triglycerides. So those are the fat, that's the fat that's stored in our muscle. You can think of it like glycogen, except for our fat stores. By using that during it's called the fasted training session. That's reducing some of the, the lipid metabolite. Like basically what, what it's happening is burning through some of the fat inside your muscle that can, and, and some of those lipid metabolites can interfere with our insulin signaling. So by burning that, essentially emptying those buckets a little bit, we have the improved insulin sensitivity. Hmm. Okay, so you're going to burn more of those intramuscular triglycerides. You get improved insulin sensitivity. What else happens? What potentially uh, could happen? Yeah. And so some of the, the signaling, so in terms of uh, like, so we do exercise and even for someone that's not a competitive athlete, you want to of course get fitter, you know, get, we, we want the adaptations to exercise. That's really what, you know, what, why, how our health improves. And there might be a role for the, the free fatty acids in some of this signaling adaptation. So like your, your ability to, to utilize fats by burning more fats and increasing the, the free fatty acid signaling during what's called a fasted workout. Those might have other signaling benefits in terms of increasing your body's ability to, to you know, the, the fat utilization system, if you will, that might be increased a little bit more. That, that might, there might be some important roles there. But I think it's also important to mention something like hemoglobin A1C, so that marker of, of kind of longer-term blood sugar control, that mm -hmm. actually might improve more with training in the fed state. So it's not as simple as, uh, my, you know, maybe I'm, I'm worried about diabetes or something, so I should definitely do fasted training. Because if you've eaten first and then you train, well, your blood sugar is going to be certainly controlled at that time because the exercise is going to take a, reduce the blood sugar from that meal. So it's definitely not clear cut. And so, like I said, there's, there's reasons you could kind of argue different ways. My, that, that gets back to my feeling of it's definitely a thing you can do, but do you have to do it? I, I definitely don't think so. Interesting. So when you talk about the increased free fatty acid signaling, do you think there's an increase in mitochondrial density as it relates to improving the opportunity to burn fats well, or no? Yeah, I, I, that's it. That's an open question. Um, if, if you see some greater mitochondrial adaptations from fasted training, I think it's the most plausible reason why 
would be that through that fatty acid signaling. So there's different, we can think of it like there's different signaling cascades and there's, there's a lot of crazy symphony of things that happens during exercise in terms of signaling. But if we think about broadly, we have the free fatty acid signaling. We have contraction-induced signaling. So just when your muscles are, are contracting, that's, that's sending its own set of signals. You have things like AMPKs, energy-sensing sig- signaling. And we can also think about these reactive oxygen species, so the oxidative stress. Those are also important signals. And I think from what I've looked at, you know, directly and indirectly, the free fatty acid kind of chain of things is the, is the most likely reason. So if you saw some benefits from fasted training. And I should point out also the studies that often get cited in terms of having a benefit of fasted training. It's not a crit- criticism of the study. It's more the interpretation. So they were set up to really see a difference. So what I mean by that is they might feed people 150 grams of carbs or more before a workout each time and then give 50 or 60 grams of carbs an hour or more during the workout. So they're really stacking the deck to a very hard, high carb fed situation to a, to a fasted situation. And it's totally That's a reasonable. That's not realistic. Yeah, exactly. It's not realistic for a in, recreational in everyday, person. Exactly. It's, it's, I see why they, you know, had done that way just to kind of in the lab to set up a difference. But when we think about if you have a couple slices of toast before your workout, is it going to have that same difference? I I truly don't think so, but it's still a a bit of an open question. I had a a study really designed to answer that question in a lot of ways, but COVID kind of screwed that up. So it's, it's been paused for for some time. Darn COVID. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So let me ask you this. If somebody wanted to train fasted, is there any considerations? Most of the time, this is going to happen in the morning. Yeah. For the average person that's busy, they're going to get up at 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning, go to the gym, come back. Is there anything that they should be considering before their training, maybe from a hydration standpoint? Is it okay to have electrolytes? You know, What would you be saying are things to consider if you're doing early morning exercise? It's like I said, personal preference. So if, if you don't want that food in your stomach, so some people do faster training because, again, they think you know they'll burn more fat or, or they'll increase their adaptations, which, like I said, question mark there. Some people just don't want to eat and they just wake up, roll out of bed and jump on, you know, into, into the workout. Either way, I think that's totally fine. And I do think some people feel like they have to eat if they're going to do an interval workout because their performance might decline. And I don't believe that to be the case. If we're talking about a workout that's an hour, 75 minutes, so 60 to 75 minutes or less, there's no reason to think that your performance will be impaired. Like, let's say, doing like intervals or something like that. Where that comes from is, is relates to low muscle glycogen training. So maybe this is a little bit of a, a sidebar, but I think it's important to mention. Most people know we, we store carbohydrate in our muscles as muscle glycogen and in our liver. When we go to sleep, let's say our muscle is, you know, 60% full, our, our muscles gas tank, and our liver is 60% full. When we wake up in the morning, our muscles are, the glycogen in our muscles in, is in the exact same place as when we went to sleep. Now, it's our liver that's been depleted a bit during uh, overnight. But during, a, let's call it a, a one-hour interval workout in the morning, our muscles are the main source of, of, of fuel there, our muscle glycogen. And that gets depleted at the same rate whether we've eaten breakfast right beforehand or not. Hmm. So the thing that's really determining our exercise capacity during that, that one hour isn't different in the fed and fasted state. Now, as exercise extends beyond call it 75, 90 minutes, then our liver plays a really critical role in keeping our sugar elevated. And that's why starting with low liver glycogen, you're not going to be able to go as long as if you've had uh, breakfast beforehand, which would replete some of that liver glycogen and or having sports drink or something during to again, uh, kind of save some of that liver glycogen. So it sounds to me, if you're going to exercise between 60 to 75 minutes, you'd be fine. Wake up, drink, make sure you're hydrated, hydrate during training. You want to use like a no calorie electrolyte solution. You should be fine. 
if you're going to extend beyond that, that's when you would need to consider either eating something on the way in or having a, you know, something with calories in it while you're training, like a yeah, goo it, or exactly. a Gatorade or something like that. Exactly. Perfect. And, and um, I think that's under underappreciated, underutilized. So even if you want doing an, a one hour interval session and you want to have something during the during carbs kind of are, are a bit different in terms of affecting your fat oxidation and things compared with the beforehand. So basically, mm. if you start your workout and then 30 minutes through, you want to start you know, sipping on some sports drink or something, that's also totally fine. Even if it's a low intensity, sometimes people will do their kind of zone two training in the fastest state. And, and maybe in that case, you want to go out for 90 minutes. And that's maybe, let's say someone does that. And that's kind of right around that limit where you start to maybe run some issues. But it's, in my opinion, zero issue if you're doing easy, long, fasted training and want to have sports drink during, which again, it's not then fasted, but those benefits will essentially still still be the same. That's awesome. This is really kind of cutting through the noise a little bit because there's a lot of, I don't know, voodoo around this subject. This is great recommendations. Jeff, if people want to follow you, learn more about what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, probably on Twitter would be a good place. Or my website is eatsleep.fit. And that's you can kind of email me through there or, or follow me that way. We'll make sure to put a link in the show notes. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoy the show and you're a consistent listener, please take a moment and leave us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from, as this will help us reach more people with the message of the Blueprint. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.